Hello, and welcome to the Should I Go See It podcast, where every other Friday we take a deeper dive into the one-sentence reviews on shouldigoseeit.com. This week, we'll be discussing our hallmark movies of choice, uh, as well as Wonka and Past Lives. I'm your host, Bill George. With me today, as always, AJ Rebecca and super producer, Craig Stanton. What's up, fellas? I Merry hear Christmas. those bells ringling, ding, 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 <laughs> Gentlemen, hello. Happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas, boys. Happy birthday, Bill. Thank you. Happy Hanukkah to all of our listeners who celebrate Hanukkah. That got yeah. wrapped up last week or this weekend, I think. We wrapped it. Indeed. Yep. Indeed. To any holidays uh, being celebrated, we wish you a good one. Mm-hmm. Well, we're in the Christmas spirit. I am drinking bourbon, and I have officially switched my Zins over to um, Spearmint. Peppermint? Ooh, yeah, I was going to guess nice. peppermint, but... Yeah, where I too. didn't have peppermint, so i got to do... Uh, they, were all, they were all out of cookie dough. They were... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're in it. We're going to kick this off. We're going to go right into it. A few things before we kick off. Bill, I think I sent you a meme or a tweet that might have uh, peeved you as a follow-up from last year's Christmas discussion that basically said, if if Die Hard is an action Christmas movie, then uh, Batman Returns is a holiday rom-com. And I thought that was so goddamn fitting. No, it's a terrible take. And I just don't, I can't take the bait anymore on these Christmas movies. I, I feel like fighting that fight's a young man's game and I'm just going to have to give it up and just That's whatever fine. people want to think in their own demented minds is up to them. <laughs> He's getting too old for this shit. And apparently we're bringing <laughs> demented back. This is great. <laughs> what One thing, well, speaking of demented that I will bring back, I was listening to prior episodes Oh boy! A few years back, we did a favorite Christmas movies episode. Uh huh. It was a bonus. This was app. probably this was probably four or five years ago. And do you know what you off the top uh, was one of your favorite Christmas movies? I'm sure I said Die Hard because I was young you and stupid. You sure <laughs> did, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> people change, AJ. People grow. People learn. People change. They sure do. Mm. I've learned from my mistakes. You sure have. Okay, so. The last few weeks, we have been talking about this holiday episode and that the three of us were going to pick one of the uh, many Just new panoply of options. Oh, there was 1,500. Most were unnamed <laughs> until the week they went live. We're all going to pick Hallmark movie, and we're going to watch it, and then we're going to talk about it. So we're not going to do in the news. We're going to go right into this segment of reviewing our Hallmark movies. Now, for the audience, this will be Craig's second Hallmark Christmas movie. He watched uh, The Christmas Train last year, which was one of the best takes we've had ever on this podcast. Uh, and Bill has never seen a Hallmark Christmas movie ever. That is correct. So, Craig's going to lead us off to talk about Checking It Twice. Bill's going to follow up with Holiday in Notting Hill. Christmas in Notting Hill. That's correct. Christmas in Notting Hill. And I will... It's the Hallmark Channel, AJ. We say Christmas. And, we, and I will end it with a Holiday Road. Okay? Uh, I'm ready. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> Craig, the, the floor is yours. All right. So, checking it twice. A movie that I am now more than ever convinced was named first and written <laughs> second. 
Because <laughs> the yep. name of this hockey-flavored Hallmark movie remains the best part of it by a wide margin. Mm. So just to get us all up to speed, the description is as follows. A journeyman hockey player falls for a real estate agent in a career crisis when he's traded to her hometown and moves into the cottage in her hockey-loving family's backyard. Let me just tell you some problems I have with that uh, description. There is no career crisis. Uh, there is the fact that he moves into the cottage in her backyard plays no role whatsoever. Uh, and her family likes hockey. They seem mostly pretty normal. There's a, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of stuff in this movie where she's like my crazy kooky family. And it's like a mother and a father who are fine and loving and normal. And like a brother who they just make fun of for being fat the entire time. Uh, <laughs> and a, a cute little kid. And that's the family. There's no zaniness. There's no goofs or spoofs. They're just the uh, regular people from Idaho. The team's in Idaho, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Um, What's the team name? The team name is the Fighting Trout. Idaho Falls Fighting Trout. Hold on. Do they have fake jerseys? Yes. And how would you, as a uniform expert, rate them? Oh, Bill, great question. That is a very good question. I don't know how well suited it is for this movie-themed <laughs> podcast, uh, but they're horrible. They're just bright neon with like a f- uh, like a fist, a-, a trout with his dukes up on the front. Okay, very That's bad. Cool. The hockey, I give them a little bit of respect because the the actual actors in the movie are the ones who are on the ice, as far as I can tell. There are no stunts, so there are no stunt doubles. There's just slow-moving hockey action with actors who can barely skate. Uh, So that was very... On the one hand, you're like, good job by not you know, having like obvious stunt double situations, but on the flip side, it's like, this just looks like... uh, you like like community skate at Loring Arena in Framingham between like four and six on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, and anyway, so as far as the movie goes, it's very, very bad. And I think I'm picking up on a trend in the Hallmark movie universe where it's a 90-minute movie. Act one is about five minutes. Act three is about five minutes. And the entire movie is act, is act two, where they're just right. like lady and guy are like, oh, oh, also this hockey player, like apparently doesn't know anything about Christmas. He like never celebrated Christmas because his dad played in the NHL, which to me says you you grew up rich, which probably meant you at least had good gifts. But he has like, <laughs> at the same time, he's like a hard scrabble guy who never had good Christmases, but also a plot line of the story is his dad's literally being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like on TV, he's watching it happen. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know, man. I think he probably had some money at the least. But anyways, this whole thing goes on and it's, Oh, I've never built a snow. I mean, AJ, you know, you watch this stuff. Sure I've have. I've never built a snowman before. I've never decorated a tree before. I've never had fucking eggnog before. I've never fucking wrapped presents before. And it's just, there's no, it doesn't, there's no like, there's no action. There's no anticipation. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no sizzle. There's no sex. There's yep, just yep. these people smiling. It's like, it's like if you ever watched one of those, Lexus December to Remember commercials, and you were like, I want to learn more about these people's lives. (laughs) 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 What do they got going on? That's really good. Great comparison. Well, Act act 2 in all Hallmark Hallmark movies, and Bill, you can probably hopefully agree based on your film, is the palpable uh, desire for the two leads to just fuck like animals. No, 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 no. It's not fuck like animals. It's kiss like they're in the seventh grade. 
There's no sex, at least not in my movie. There's no, there's no heat. There's no steam. There's nothing. It's just like grade school handholdy. Maybe they'll have a smooch, and that's all they have. To be clear, um, mm. yeah, but that only, even that only really sustains you if there is an undercurrent of chemistry between the leads. Which I don't know about your movie. Mine had zero. Of yeah. that. That's all I got oh, to say wow. about checking it twice. So I'll, I'm happy to hand it off to you, Bill. I give this I give this zero sixies. Zero out of five. Yeah, that's a no. That's a hard All no. right, Bill. Your first ever Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, up to this point, I had never seen one, which is a distinction that I really wish I kept. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I regret accepting oh this assignment God. wholeheartedly. Okay. Uh, just for background, Christmas in Notting Hill, football star Graham Savoy, who's always too busy for love, uh, comes home to Notting Hill for Christmas and he changes his mind after meeting the one person who has no idea who he is because mm-hmm. he's a famous hockey, or excuse me, um, soccer player, football player, if, if, I, if I may. Um, yeah, I just, I couldn't get away from the fact that, like, AJ, you really, like, watch these regularly. Like, you sit through movies like this regularly. Like, this is real life for you, that you can watch these? Because I, I almost gave up. I was, I was close. Oh my God, you're so dramatic. I, look, here's the thing. Halfway through, so I was watching it and I was taking notes and I was thinking about things, funny commentaries I wanted to bring up. Full investment. Yeah, I was in it. I was in it. And then about 45 minutes in, I, I put my notes down and I ordered Chinese food and I just had to just power through to get to the <laughs> end of it. <laughs> um, my issues, I mean, myriad issues with the movie, but they really all boiled down to two buckets, writing and execution. And I, it honestly, I don't know if the execution of this one is like worse than others, or if this is a normal Hallmark movie, but it's atrocious. Um, but we'll start with the writing. Cause it's also atrocious. Every single scene was like an exposition dump. Like every conversation, you know, those, those conversations that are at the beginning of some movies where it's like, they're sharing information that those characters clearly already have. They're only doing it for the benefit of the audience where they're like, hey, as your manager and your best friend for 12 years, I think you need to blah, 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 blah. Like, it's that. That's every conversation. That's every conversation in the movie. It's like, don't you remember when we were kids and mom used to blah, 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 blah. Like, every conversation is just that. And then at one point, one character literally says to the other, Let's face it, you always make the safe, reliable choice. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's just, it's so, it's the annoying part of other movies, except it's the entire movie. Uh, no chemistry at all. All the conflict writing in this movie is like every obstacle could have been solved with a conversation. Like, it's just, it's just, just that whole second act of just mishaps is laughably bad. Uh, and then you get into the execution of it, which, Every scene felt like it was the first take. <laughs> like they did a take. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a table read. It feels like a yep, table read yep. in costume. They're like, all right, strike the scene. Right, We're moving on good. to the We're next good. one. We're moving on. They never try it again to smooth Dude, it out. Dude, in my movie, there's a scene where they're walking down the street and the guy misspeaks a line and then just says it again. I'm not joking. I'll find the clip. He misspeaks and just powers through this the, the he just restates the line and they just left it in they Craig, kept going you need to go back Craig. you need to go back you need to find that for us 
you need to splice it and then you and you need a you need to pipe it in. But it felt like they were making the dialogue up off the top of their head or just remembering it and blurting it out as soon as they remembered it. Like Yeah, yeah. It was uncomfortable to watch. Like it And then you get into the actual like technical and there is a scene indoors at night and the lighting is just tough. Yeah. Just harsh shadows on that back Every, wall. My gal, my gal is a real estate agent and there's a scene where they're showing a house and it's completely empty and oh boy, do you hear it's like what do you think about the bay windows? You're like, holy shit. Can we treat that room at all? Can we do some voiceover? Holy fuck. It sounds like an elementary school gymnasium in there. Like they're having assembly. It's just, it's like, a, it's felt like a student yeah. film. Like, honestly. And I get that it is like a, a staging ground for a lot of folks, I'm sure, to like get started in the industry. But oh boy, trying to sit through it is tough. And then you add on to that the watermarks in the corner of the screen that were just relentless. Just bottom right, Hallmark logo constantly, pop-up oh, ads yeah. for other movies taking up the bottom third. It's Bugs, just lower thirds. Yeah. Sparkles. Yeah, no, it's... Oh, God, it was, it's bad. It was bad, AJ. It was bad. And no chemistry between the actors, none at all. Uh, there, there was also an awkward like live performance that a family member was in that they had to attend, which I feel like is a staple. Each of the characters had a dead parent and a haunted past. Like it was just, yeah, cliche upon cliche upon cliche. Uh, yeah, so not a great experience. Didn't do not recommend. Okay, all right. Uh, I guess I'm rounding third, bringing it home. Uh, I watched Holiday Road. When bad weather leaves each of them stranded at the airport for the holidays, a tech entrepreneur, a travel writer, a devoted mother and her son, a stubborn senior, a woman with a hint of mystery, a couple traveling from Hong Kong, and a social media influencer all agree to rent a shared van to embark on a road trip from Portland to Denver. When their unexpected journey brings them to uncharted territory, they navigate a series of misadventures together and form a deeper bond that just might change the trajectories of each of their lives. Inspired by true events. Now, I've seen a shit ton of Hallmark movies. From a technical standpoint, probably one of the better Hallmark movies I've seen. So the 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 uh, social media influencer, the whole thing is like from kind of her point of view, she shoots like TikToks and stuff. And they do a really good job of doing like live YouTubes and then TikTok shorts and like cutting it over phones and montages at something I've never seen from a Hallmark movie. So like from a technical st- standpoint, pretty good. Hats off. Okay. Hats There's off. also... Okay. 12 of them in a van, and they do a lot of the interior shots inside a van. Now, sometimes it's really moving down the road. Other times it's horrific green screen. But to shoot 12 people in a passenger van and make it look somewhat good, okay, hat tip. Okay, sure. Now, let's talk about the shit. There are some story and plot points that are just probably one of the most ridiculous I've ever seen in a Hallmark movie. For example, our travel writer was born with a heart defect, but said, fuck it, I'm going to be a snowboarder. I'm going to like, you know, bungee, I'm going to skydive in the Sahara Desert. This all culminates to the point where she leaves her medicine in the airport in Denver. And through the entire movie, she's like keeling over like, you know, like I'm fine. Like I just have chest pains. And then it comes to a point where she almost passes out during the elf games that they play when their van fucking breaks down in Idaho. And she looks to the other lead character and she goes, I can't go on. 
I was born with a bad ticker. <laughs> I almost puked and shit at the same time. It was so bad. And that's one of them. Another one, our mystery woman going home to Denver to see her her little girl who she lost custody of because she was trying to be an aspiring singer and didn't have money to like be a stable home. Steals $2,000 from the old guy in a van and the old guy goes, huh, guess she really needed the money. Interesting. Chase her down by foot and break her fucking kneecaps. He can't. He can't. He's got a bad ticker. What are we doing here? And then our tra- our travelers from Hong Kong, yeah, they're in the van and they're like, let's do activities. And they stand up and go, we don't go anywhere without our karaoke machine. And they proceed God. to do karaoke in the van. And it's just like, yikes. That yeah. is a family-friendly racial stereotype, at the very least. Wasn't it's Hallmark, this, man. Wasn't this one a sequel or no? No. Oh, I thought there, I thought you were watching one that was a sequel. No, you're it's just, thinking it's just of, trains, planes, and automobiles. Yeah. But you're yeah, thinking Holiday it. Road to Road to Valhalla. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. Uh, six out of ten for me? <laughs> I'd, watch, I'd, watch, I'd watch it again. It's not you good. Watch folks. it again. Yeah, it was so. Parts were so good and so bad at the same time. Where you're like, "Fuck it, I'd watch it again." See, that's what I was hoping for. So when when mine opened up and it had the Hallmark Media stinger, and then it goes to like drone footage of a quaint town at sunrise and the Garamond font saying Hallmark Media presents. Like I was laughing. I was like, "Oh my god, this is like gonna be classic." But then it just ended up being so bad that <laughs> like it wasn't funny bad. It was just bad, bad. Yeah. I can't, I just, I, I cannot believe. And again, I don't know if maybe I got the actual bottom of the barrel or if this is part no, of the course. Bill. But if no. you are checking it twice is pretty well reviewed. I was looking, I was like looking for review inspiration, people ripping this film. It's all I just, positive. I the fact that you would sit down and subject yourself to these regularly <laughs> is beyond me. Yeah, there's got to be something else going on there in the Rebecca household. There's there's some <laughs> extra element to this that we're not seeing. No, it's just... It's part of the season, man. Okay. Either that or AJ's hearing has gotten really bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, this week we'll be talking about two films... The first, which is Wonka, we had uh, we had a little outing, a little uh, holiday sixty uh, party, and we yeah. went to we went to go see Wonka. Uh, according to IMDb.com, with dreams of opening a shop in a city renowned for its chocolate, a young but poor Willy Wonka discovers that the industry is run by a cartel of greedy chocolatiers. Bill, should I go see it? No. AJ, you shouldn't. Unfortunately, it's too late. You already have, but you shouldn't go see it. Nobody should. Um, so let me start with, let's get into the review part of it. Cause uh, you know, I do a one sentence review. And in this case, I wrote that, uh, I don't remember the exact wording, so I'm paraphrasing, but I wrote that it was a no. And that the movie was so bad. As soon as I got home, I threw out all the chocolate in my house. <laughs> Cause I was so angry. Uh, <laughs> But it was a hard movie to review because I had a lot of options. So let me take you inside the process, inside the mind of should I go see it. And I'll throw out a couple other options I had for reviews for this movie in one sentence. Sure. Uh, Should I go see it? No, it's truly the Matrix Resurrections of musicals. Okay. Pretty Uh, good. 
No, it felt like eating an everlasting gobstopper of pain. Jeez. Um, no, I would have rather spent those two hours working the cocoa fields of Bogota. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see. Uh, what else did I have here? Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, the original music is so bad, I'd rather listen to AJ's Deviated Septum. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, good thing, good thing you got to do both. And then the last, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, if you put a gun to my head and said, watch this movie again, I'd be a dead man. Uh, that was, uh, and that rounds out my, my options. A lot of good AJ, options the- there. The movie was so bad, when I got home that night, I started my best and worst of the year list just so I could get a jump start on it to put this in the worst of the year category. Yep. That's a true story. Uh, Mine would have been, no, I would have rather milked the giraffe with my mouth. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. Good one. (laughs) Giraffe milking, a pivotal role in the film. Uh, yeah, so do you want to jump in there? Where do you, like, how do you want to... I don't, there's no good way to attack this. There's just... Uh, the, the, here's the thing. The fucked up thing about this movie. Yeah. There was probably a dozen, maybe nine instances where I think the three of us were actually like truly like laugh out loud laughing at what was going on on screen. And not like a satirical, ironic way, but like there were some instances where I was like, that is really fucking funny. I'm going to say that happened two and a half N- times. I was going to say three, maybe, for me. But anyways, carry no, a couple good, more than But that. I'll give you the point that there's a couple good sight gags. That's like the best you're going to get out of me. <laughs> okay. I just don't understand, and we can start here. I, yeah. What I don't understand about this film, there's a lot I don't understand. We can go really deep in this. <laughs> yep. There's parts of this film where it is like the whimsical world of Wonka, which you're like, oh, like, this is not reality, and this is like you know this made-up universe where he occupies and has built like in his mind, and then for everyone to enjoy. And then there's other times where they play this as serious as a fucking car crash, and I just don't know what I'm watching and reacting to from scene to scene. Yeah, there's there was a tone issue for sure, and you know I've seen a bunch of different headlines about them masking the fact in the ads that it's a musical. Uh, same thing with the Mean Girls musical movie. Uh, apparently, it seems as though like musicals don't score well with test audiences or with like people taking surveys in general. So they basically are trying to like trick people into getting to the movie. Nice. And this is a musical with a capital M. Like it opens with him on the fucking sh- mast of the ship. ship, singing about coming to wherever. Like it is, <laughs> and we are in it at that point. Like I was like, oh shit, we are going it for it. Which you're like, wait, didn't the original Wonka take place in America? No, wait, were they British? And then here it's like, are we off the coast of UK? But no, yeah. a guy has a like a half Philadelphia, half New York <laughs> accent who's a chief of police. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, yeah, that's, that's another, so uh, many issues. But one of them is, it's meant to be a prequel, obviously. But it doesn't connect to either of the other Wonka movies. This is just like a third new version of the character that's kicking around. And, yeah. and I rewatched after this one, I rewatched the original. Whoa. And that just got me even more fired up when you see 
how interesting and I mean, what Gene Wilder does with that character is obviously, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame material. Uh, but it's so clear that this character is not that character. Like Gene Wilder's character is always the smartest guy in the room and like a couple steps ahead. Chalamet's version is like goofy and ditzy almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like a fucking golden retriever. Yeah, yeah. he's a fucking idiot. They could have had, even have had Rob Gronkowski play Wonka. But <laughs> well, let's see. This is where I think you, me, I, the two of you and I disagree slightly. I think we all agree that Chalamet feels like he's out of a different movie. Like he doesn't feel in line with what's around him. I personally am more interested in what Chalamet's doing and like what that would be like. I feel like you guys think that the movie he's in is more interesting than him. Am no, I, do I have that? Is that accurate? He can't act, Bill. <laughs> like, I don't know how clear I could bend when I when the credits were rolling that the guy's a fucking idiot. He cannot act. Every single supporting actor and actress, no name or not, fucking does Juilliard laps around him through the entire fucking movie, and he just stands there like a pe- like a pile of shit. <laughs> I think that's, melted shit. Those are different choices. I think that's the issue is they're different choices. He's not going as over the top as everyone around him, which makes it feel like he's in a different movie. Yeah, I think the reason he feels like he's in a different movie is because he did a bad job and everyone else did a good job. I personally, I went into if this you movie, like that style. I went into this movie with no preconceived notions about Timothy Chalamet, one way or the other. I honestly think it's the first movie I've ever seen with him in it as a main character. And so, like, I got no, I got no beef with the kid. I thought he was funny on SNL. I, I, I was ready to have a good time. I thought he was very bad and easily far and away the worst part of the movie, which is unfortunate because he's in every single scene. And this, I uh, thought the supporting cast was phenomenal literally every like even small bit character like that's where our laughs came from was like the mr bean and uh keegan michael key as the chief of police like there was some good there was some good stuff going on but yeah i mean i guess hugh, if you, hugh grant is oompa loompa i guess i do agree with you that it felt like he was out of a different movie if that's how you want to categorize i maybe i'm just not thinking of it as on like a high level of you i'm just saying like one guy bad everyone oh, else oh. good Okay, so Bill, what do you do? You chalk it up to bad directing or bad writing or both? Oh, uh, both. Yeah, it's a, it's a combination of things. Writing is the biggest issue because we, I mean, we all agree that the original songs just don't work. Yeah, no, um, there was no, there was, no there was nothing good happening there musically. So that's no. an inherent that's an inherent problem when it's a musical. But also, you're starting from a position of of just a flawed concept to begin with because the mystery is what makes that character. So going back and telling a preview, a prequel of Wonka is folly to begin with. Um, so, you, I mean, you really would have to do something special to make that work, and they didn't, um, especially when you're not going to connect it to the other ones in any way, really. Uh, I agree Hugh Grant was good, mainly because he has a disdain for the material in front of him. And, like, he's acting in this movie how I felt watching this movie. Like, he's, like, just pissed <laughs> off at the world and clearly not doesn't want to That's be there. That almost feels... I mean, I haven't rewatched the original in a long time, but that almost feels like the way that Gene Wilder played it. Originally, he yes. was like, fuck this. But then it just comes across as this, like, kind of dark brilliance. Recluse. Yeah, That's yeah, the brilliance yeah. He see He, under everything, he has a hatred for these stuck-up kids and this whole process. He's getting pushed through this. Like, he hates it. And this Wonka is the complete opposite. They write this Wonka as, I love everyone, everyone's welcome, that Wonka's whatever. Uh, it's just a completely different take on the character and one that I personally just didn't really think worked. And tone-wise, 
you know, when the movie ended, you called it the cinematic equivalent of a war crime, which is a phrase that I coined talking about Ron Howard's The Grinch. And it's an apt comparison because tonally this felt similar to that Grinch movie. And I, that it angered me just as much. Like I don't like that style. Um, I just don't. It doesn't do it for me. I think we also have to mention that when when AJ made that statement in this crowded theater, there was a gentleman sitting to BG's left. AJ was in the middle. And this fella was having a blast. This guy, probably, this was the best movie he had ever seen. He was loving yeah, it. Yeah, I think it was top five in his list. Credits end. It's like smash cut to silence in the theater. And AJ goes... And I snap <laughs> off. What's the, the stupidest fucking movie I've ever seen? And, the, and yeah. this kid putting on his jacket with like... a. Ear to ear grin, it looked like I was just like, bro, your entire family was in a house fire and they're dead. <laughs> he was laughing in the movie like Arthur Fleck in Joker. Like he was like Joaquin Phoenix in Joker laughing during this movie. Yep. Yeah. He was, And he was the only one that was laughing. And that also tells me something about the movie, which is we went to this movie on like opening night, first show, full theater. Like if this movie was going to work, this was the crowd it was going to work in. Right. And it was just a smattering of chuckles here and there, and that was it. Like it's just the movie. I don't think works, which is why I am so shocked by the number of positive reviews out there, because we are in the minority. Those people are morons. They are fucking idiots. They, yeah. I read the AV Club review. I feel like we're starting a, a personal vendetta against AV Club. <laughs> One of the worst written reviews I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, that was a wild take that they had. Stupid. Now, I know we're like harping on this, but. When we were we were gathering our belongings and heading toward the exit uh, hastily, I said, "You know <laughs> who would have, you know who would have directed the shit out of that movie?" And I and I said, "Wes Anderson." First thing, Wes Anderson. If that was a Wes Anderson short or like uh, even a full feature, like I think he has the the writing and directing style to make it very on tone with what it could have been, which is like outlandish, weirdly quirky, interesting characters, like this kind of world that is very large, but you can see it from a very like narrow point of view. And I think he would have knocked it out of the park. He would have at least achieved something that he has achieved in every movie, which is the tone is very flat and very consistent. Like there's no stray hairs Everybody is doing the thing where they deliver the line super flat, super dry. Everything is like, you know, like the EKG is just a yep. fucking straight line. So that would have smoothed <laughs> yeah, out the rough yeah. edges that we're talking about with the tonal differences between Chalamet's like being like this wide-eyed Mooney and everybody else being like kind of, I don't know, normal, I guess, or just kind of playing their characters and doing a good job. Yeah. It's it just so, it's just so bad. Yeah, and it's a shame because... You know, obviously, a lot of work went into it, a lot of money went into it, a lot of effort went into it. Uh, it's just, and the concept, like, we were starting to get excited about seeing it, especially, I remember when that first trailer came out, you, AJ, who at first had sworn it off on concept alone, saw the first trailer, got the premise for the yeah, you were premise in. for the story of him sort of fighting Big Chocolate. And it's an interesting sure, idea on paper. Take. It's an interesting elevator pitch. But it just does not pan out to a feature length film. Like, fight Big Chocolate, get crushed by Big Chocolate, and then become this recluse genius that ends up being the Wonka that you know that we've... Right. We understand. No, there's no arc like that in this. Zero. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. All right. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, the second film today will be Past Lives. 
according to imdb.com, Nora and Hai, two deeply connected childhood friends, are wrested apart after Nora's family emigrates from South Korea. 20 years later, they are reunited for one fateful week as they confront notions of love and destiny. Bill, should I go see it? Absolutely. 100%. So this is from A24. It is a Golden Globe nominee for Best Drama. Uh, I missed it in theaters. Unfortunately, it was in a a limited run, so uh, there were not many showings and not many near us, so I didn't get to see it. So I am catching up on all the nominees now. And, oh, man, like what a heart-wrenching, poetic, human drama. And you cannot help but get sort of swept up in it. Uh, Magnificent writing. The cinematography is gorgeous. The music choices were perfect. It's it's an incredible, incredible film. And it's a first-time writer-director, which is also incredible. Uh, Celine Song uh, made the movie. And we've talked before about sort of the inherent difference in terms of like feel and cohesiveness when it's a writer-director, especially a first-time writer-director, because this movie is like what they've been leading up to their entire lives. They're very specific about what's on the page and screen. And like this came up when we talked about Thoroughbreds. There's a bunch of movies like that. But everything just clicks into place and there is a super thought-out nature to it because it was. This is clearly her vision from beginning to end and it is magnificent. Wow. I, yeah, I can't say enough. I rented it on iTunes because it was cheap, but I wish I bought it because I could see myself watching it again because I feel like it's one of those movies, if you leave enough time between viewings, you're going to bring new experiences to it every time you watch it. Sure. Um, and I feel like at, any, at, at different times in my life, I could see myself aligning with any of the three main characters. Like It's, it's easily one of the best dramas of the year. It's worthy of the nomination. It'll get a Best Picture nomination as well. Uh, it's, it's in my list for maybe Sigsy pick of the year. I am like, just uh, tell me blown away. Still thinking about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable. It's a remarkable piece of cinema. And then having to go right from this movie to that Hallmark dog shit was even more painful because of it. We're back. Any negatives? (sighs) Hard to, hard to. F- he's about to say. He's about to say no notes. You were gonna I, say I'm it. I'm close to saying no notes. Like honest to God, what? it's just it's so good. It's so good. Um, there's only one scene that felt a little bit off to me that took me out just a little bit because the the characters uh, are writers. So one's a playwright, one's a book writer, novel writer. Uh, or two of the characters, I should say, are writers. And there's one scene where they're talking late at night and they're kind of putting their, like, writery hats on. And so, like, the way they talk, it brings some of the subtext from the movie that we've been watching for the hour plus, kind of makes it text. And, like, I guess that some writers may talk that way because that's how they think, but it didn't feel real true. It didn't really ring true to how people normally talk. And so, like, the movie feels so authentic to that point that that scene kind of like I clicked out of place for a minute. I was like, wait, what? Um, but again, I'm like talking about one scene of dialogue that maybe I bumped on a little bit compared to two hours of phenomenal, magnificent, heartbreaking filmmaking. I love it. I love, love that. 
Wow. Way to rescue this episode from the the pits of negativity. Of Chalamet. Rescued from Chalamet. All right, boys. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, Netflix and Bill, what are we watching? I, to be honest with you, boys, I am not watching much. I will catch up. There's a whole bunch of films between Christmas and, and New Year's I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Godzilla. I'm going to watch a bunch of other ones. So, like, I am... Next episode, I'll I'll be ready to roll with some takes, but I have not been watching literally anything. I've been watching a bunch. This is that time of year. Um, I'll start with The Three Musketeers Part 1. So this is something that is a, a giant two-part uh, French-made like epic of The Three Musketeers story. Uh not playing in theaters here, unfortunately, at least not in any sort of wide release. So the f- part one just released to buy on on iTunes, and part two comes out a little bit later this year. Ava Green- I was going to say, what are you on, like LimeWire? Like <laughs> no, it is on, it's on digital now. Winzips? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's on digital now. Ava Green is in it, which is basically why I watched it, because she's one of my favorite actresses, and I'll watch anything she's in. But it's like period piece, costumed epic, Three Musketeers, Ava Green, and then... You add in Vincent Cassell and like every big French actor that you would recognize from movies over here, um, all coming to, to make this movie. And I, it was great. I loved it. Um, and so I'm excited for part two. Why it's not three parts for a Three Musketeers movie? I feel like a missed opportunity. But if they can tell it in two, great. Totally. Um, anyway, so watch that. I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie. And then I watched two Netflix originals, sort of higher profile Netflix originals, May, December, and Leave the World Behind. Both I reviewed, both I gave nose to uh, for different reasons, but I don't need to do full reviews for them. But I will say, I think both of them were hurt by the fact that they were streaming originals. Uh, I feel like if I had seen them in theaters, it may have added a certain amount of stature that would help them. Like when you're watching... Do you think if you would have put in more effort and spent more money to see these films, you would have liked them more? Sure. I just feel like... (laughs) I feel Ooh. like I feel like there is a inherent disposability when it's when it's when it's digital original. I don't know. I, like and I do my best to stay locked in when I'm watching at home. I got the phone off, it's to the side, the lights are out. Like I try to treat it like theaters, but it still inherently doesn't feel the same to me. So I don't know. I feel like maybe I would have liked them more if I saw them. Either way, they're both nose, and I don't think that would have necessarily changed it, but it just I think there is an inherent downside to these high-profile originals, just saying. But neither of them yeah, really but there's, there's other, But there's other times that you're like, I guess it's the same argument, you know, that you're like, oh, I wish it was in theaters. It was that good. Like, you said it for Prey. You said it for The Killer. The Killer. Yep, true. I think these I think these movies are more, like, those movies were so good that it was no question I was going to, I felt that way. These movies were, like, not great, but also not terrible. They were kind of on that line, and I think part of the reason they stayed on the other side of that line is because... I was I wasn't I wasn't locked in in a theater. I don't know. Yeah. So okay. next time you get, you sit on your couch to watch a streamer, you can Venmo me sixteen dollars to <laughs> make it more like the real experience. Add some steaks. Yeah. Yeah. Add some steaks. Yeah. Juice them. Sixteen points of vig. Okay. Uh, and then finally for television, uh, Reacher season two on Amazon. First three episodes came out. Very excited. The guy's not. The guy's not human. He is even bigger this season than season one. Dude is just. How is that yoked. possible? I don't know. You knit. Just massive man. Unbelievable. But anyway, show's great. He must have he must have balls the size of <laughs> fucking 
walnuts. Dimes. Kettlebells. Uh, <laughs> Mini marbles. <laughs> no, he's going, I think he's going oh, the other way. Oh, oh yeah, no. He is, so, yeah, of he is so juiced yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> Like a baby's, like a baby's <laughs> pinky nail, like a quit, like a couple of quail Quail legs. <laughs> massive, yeah, guys, massive. Anyway, Reacher, great show, love it. And then yeah. also okay. three part docu series HBO, Murder in Boston. Highly recommend. Fuck. Great, great little series. All three episodes are now out. It's about the Chuck Stewart case. Uh, oh, Chucky. Uh, from 1990. I know about that case because my dad told me about it because Chuck Stewart lived in Reading and we lived in Reading at the time. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, wild story. For those who don't know what happened, I don't want to spoil it. But um, it's even if you know what happens, it's still a, a very uh, fascinating watch. Not only because they cover the case itself, but they also cover... Um, race relations in the city of Boston leading up to it. So there's a little bit of a history there. Uh, they cover a lot of bases, a lot of great interviews, a lot of great archival footage, like just really well done um, documentary. And I love that it's three episodes as opposed to like trying to draw it out to like eight or 10 or whatever Netflix usually does. So this is HBO Murder in Boston. Recommend. Uh, I got one. I got one. And it's a retread. So I apologize. Ooh. Tread lightly. I'm, gonna, I'm just, I'm just going to say that the last year's Apple TV Christmas movie starring Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell Scrooge? called Spirited. Spoo- Spirited. 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 Mm. Was fantastic last year. It remains fantastic. And I highly recommend that as a Christmas film. That has It has earned itself a spot in a top spot, I'll say, in my household's yearly wow. Christmas movie rotation. Wow. Movie's phenomenal. Okay. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I don't know what else to tell you. Good to know. I did watch... Check it out if you haven't already. I watched a few Christmas movies. I mean, when I say I didn't watch anything, I watched Christmas movies. I watched one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time, This Christmas. Um, this Christmas starring Chris Brown, Regina King. You've never seen that one? I've not. I, uh, Idris Alba. I mean, it's just a fucking stacked cast. Okay. Uh, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Nice. Good to know. You got to love that. Just great. Just great. Uh, and then I did uh, my annual rewatch of The Muppet Christmas Carol. Sure. That's queued up for me as well. All right, Bill. What are you going to watch? Uh, plenty, AJ. I am on pace to break my record for most reviews in a year. Hey. Um, all right. On pace for that. Uh, assuming Road that, to 1K. Assuming that I see all oh. these that I have tickets to. All right. Run them down. Uh, Aquaman 2. Trash. The Iron Claw. Can't wait. Uh, anyone but you. Rom-com movie. Yeah. Fine. Okay. Pass. Ferrari. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. Poor he's been th- kind of a he's been kind of a dick lately in the press. Oh, I th- I thought his response to that person about the Ferrari comment was great. I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I love that. Mm, okay. Um, poor things. Supposed to be very, very good. Supposed to be amazing. But Emma Stone, I don't know what's going on with her lately. It, it's working, but I don't know. I can't I don't even know who she is anymore. <laughs> and uh <laughs> Like I'm thinking of La La Land, Emma Stone, and now she's like at that point of her career where she's, she's like, I'm she's gonna trying, do some weird she's shit. Weird stuff. Yeah. yeah, she's trying weird stuff. Listen, listen, listen. I'm here for it. Good. Uh, this is supposed to be one of the best movies of the year. Could be a late contender for sixty pick. We'll see. Get the cheeses for the Mises. Okay, what else? And you then got? Uh, the boys in the boat. George Clooney directed uh, sports movie. Sure. So I got tickets to all those, and I'm gonna try to squeeze in one or two more. So. 
Record breaking year. Record breaking. So year. if you if you hit if you hit all of these and you're two extra, what what are you at? I'll be What's I'll be in the nineties, mid nineties. We're all very very proud of you. And my best previous to this was eighty seven. So I'll definitely set a new record, dude. That's eight movies a that's eight movies a month. No, that's bad math. <laughs> That's eight movies a month. Eight movies a month. Eight movies a month. Eight movies no, a that's right. Ninety divided by twelve. This episode is really taking a. Taking we just a yeah. We gotta wrap. We gotta wrap. We gotta wrap. We gotta wrap. Yeah, that's up. eight movies a month. Fuck you. My math is good. Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at me. Don't laugh at. Me. I saw your fucking face. Don't laugh at me. I know eight you're the one that doubted it. You're the one that doubted your math. Bill, take us out. Thank you for listening to the Should I Go See It podcast. Please make sure to follow on Instagram and tell your friends at Should I Go See It? Because it's one more sleep till Christmas. Bye, bye, bye.